0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Barrett. And welcome to the uh, podcast about the 2022-23 League One champions, apparently as proclaimed by uh, Dom Housen on uh, on the social medias this week. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I jibe slightly there, but, I mean, the evidence of the last couple of weeks is pretty good. You know, we talked about going into that that couple of games against Plymouth and Ipswich and, you know, saying, you know what, four points would be a really good return. That's exactly what we got, followed up with a win against Morecambe. We went out the couple in the middle of it. We don't really care about um, that. So, we've got a lot to reflect on. Let's go back to that Plymouth game just feel like quite a long time ago now actually um that I I had to double check what the score was before we started recording it was that um it was that long ago but it's because it was obviously it was it, it ultimately was one nil but actually it was kind of two nil there was the whole kind of ghost goal that we'll uh, we'll get on to talking about um taking us back to that game then a lot of people really wax lyrically about uh what a professional job it was by Wednesday um and such an important win and we've seen it so many times
1: this season that I feel as if we've watched that type of Sheffield Wednesday match, double figures. You know, when you look at their, their victories and, the, the, you know, big atmosphere, uh, huge occasion, high stakes. There was a lot on the line and Wednesday turned up and that was it. You as a team, I just thought individually and collectively, they were fantastic, particularly in the first half. Uh, and you know, Plymouth came into it in the second, but then they didn't create much. And that is the story of this Sheffield Wednesday side. That defensively, they're so strong. Aiden Flynn coming into the back three, man mountain. Uh, you know, exceptional. You know, for a man that hasn't played a lot of football this season, the impact that he's had on the team, you've got to give him loads of credit. And the match winner on the day, Callum Patterson. What a finish it was. Fantastic cross from Will Vokes from the right. Uh, And uh, do you know what? It was also a really good bit of thinking. I don't think it's actually been talked about enough from the Plymouth match that Plymouth expected, I think, the long throw to go into the box games, and that was it. They took a quick one, and they just called them napping there at the back. But the technique from Patterson on the volley... And we have seen him do that now two or three times in a Wednesday shirt. So we shouldn't really be surprised. Uh, And I think you have to say that Patterson has probably taken the mantle over from Liam Palmer of being the unsung hero of this Sheffield Wednesday side. He filled in at right wing back against Plymouth. And he was very good in the time that he was on the pitch. Before, unfortunately, he went off with an injury and... As we now have discovered, he's not going to be fit, we don't think, until maybe the back end of the season, similar to Michael Equa. Big blow for Wednesday when you look at Patterson's versatility uh, and the form that he's shown this calendar year. Almost as if he wants a new contract. Uh, How many times have we seen that before with a Sheffield Wednesday player or footballers in general? But, uh, yeah, great win. Deserved Plymouth had one shot on target and were top of the table and with all their firepower, you know, that takes some doing. And then I think we have to doff our cap once again to the Sheffield Wednesday defence, the organisation that Darren Moore's instilled in this team.
0: Yeah, I, I echo all that. Um, I think, um, I mean, Callum Patterson, it's such a shame that he's picked up that injury. And as soon as it happened, you, you, you saw it happen and you're just like... You know, you can just tell it just like that looks like a bad injury. That just doesn't look never never looks good when a player goes down in those kind of circumstances. Such a because 'cause he's been in such good form. Um, you know, match winner on the day, which is brilliant to 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 see. Um there was a great atmosphere as well, wasn't there? You know, Hillsbury really was. It was packed to the rafters, it was it was rocking. Um, you know, Plymouth travelled in numbers as well. Um, you know, I mean League One gets gets a bit of a bad rap um, but I mean that was such a good advert wasn't it for, for what this league can produce
1: 100% yeah i, I say big crowd and I think sometimes it's been levelled at Sheffield Wednesday when they've had 13,000 plus at Hillsborough in the last few years that they haven't always delivered or the players have maybe frozen on the big occasion certainly thinking of the Sunderland the playoff the second leg from last year but, yeah, that definitely wasn't the case. The early goal always helps with the atmosphere, doesn't it? And uh, that was it. You know, Wednesday fans, they turned up in the numbers and they recognised the importance psychologically for Wednesday to beat one of the big boys. Uh, because if Wednesday hadn't beaten either Plymouth or Ipswich, there'd be fans out there listening to this and who would have been you know, going after Daramore and on the team and criticising him, saying... Once again, Darramore doesn't win the big football matches. They haven't beaten the rivals. You know how can we credibly say that Sheffield Wednesday are going to go on to get promotion? Well, they've done that, I, and as you mentioned at the top, four points from Plymouth and Ipswich was the haul that we wanted. Yeah, I, six would have been absolutely perfect, but yeah, and it could have been six. You know, as I'm sure we'll come on to when we start to chat about Ipswich.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I kind of feel like I'm, I I don't want to drag it back up because it was getting a little bit boring on on social media with people going on about it. But it would be amiss of us not to to kind of talk about the goal that that never was and all the circumstances, and everything uh, uh, around it. For what it's worth, having watched some of the replays and stuff, I'm I'm not even sure that he's he's offside. Um, but I, I don't think he's interfering with the goalkeepers vision obviously the controversial part of the whole thing was whether or not <clears throat> the officials saw the replay it, that, that's been denied but um, I think it was something the fourth official said that was overheard that, that suggests otherwise what What do you make of it all I I, I kind of feel like I, I, after such a good performance um, it was a shame that everything on social media seems to be dominated by people going on about that and I was like, well, th- it doesn't really matter, does it? That's not going to make or break whether or not we get promotion at the end of the season because we still won the game. Um, but you know, it was an unusual incident.
1: It would have been a bigger talking point had Sheffield Wednesday dropped points, yeah. Thankfully, they didn't, uh, but yeah, it doesn't change, excuse the fact that it took too long for them to reverse the decision. Uh, as per usual, fans left in the dark as to what's going on. Wednesday fans celebrated for a good thirty seconds or so, thinking that that goal was a perfectly legitimate goal. And so, um, it yeah, it it was not handled well. Um, I, I, do, yeah, I think we will see similar incidents like that again. I'm afraid, um, not, not not maybe involving Sheffield Wednesday, but just across football. Uh, and, and it was interesting uh, for the, the last home match against Morecambe that there were no instant replays on the big screen, to, to avoid that. And I think that maybe has to be, for the time being, the way forward, so we don't have any of this sort of potential controversy uh, surrounding goals. And, and you know because they they can't use that in the lower leagues. You know, there's no VAR, there's no VAR outside of the Premier League, so. <laughs> you can't have farm uh, by the, proxy yeah. can you no no and so um for liam palmer darren moore you know they both said afterwards that that was how the match officials came to chalking off the goal um and that's then been denied by the pgmol uh, L. easy for you to say uh but that's the you know i I, I say, at the end of the day, thankfully, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, it could have done, and it was it was a flashpoint that it didn't need to get there really. I, I mean, I sort of felt like it was the right decision in the sense that Gregory was certainly in the eye line of the goalkeeper, standing in an offside position. He didn't interfere with play with Byers' shot when it's hit the back of the net, but. He certainly was in the way. I, I you know, if, if that goal had been yeah, given against Wednesday, I, I probably wouldn't have been happy with it. Uh, but those are the rules. There we are. So it happened. Wednesday won. That's the main thing.
0: So we went <clears throat> for for a period of time. We were top of the league, which was uh, which was very nice. First time like properly top of the league. Um, other than like opening few games of the season which do account for for a long long time. so that was um that was really really nice um followed up by a slightly annoying trip to um Fleetwood FA Cup replay no again that no one really wanted um and that was probably reflected on the pitch as well wasn't it because um uh the uh, going out of the of the cup, I'm kind of cool with that, and I realise there are people that made the trip there that were um, maybe a bit disappointed actually with elements of that performance because Wednesday you know kind of went out with a bit of a whimper really. Um, but it, but to be fair, you know an FA Cup run when when we're in the position that we're in in a season that's so important was only ever going to be a distraction.
1: Wednesday should have got the job done at Hillsborough. You know, that's what it boils down to. And so they gave themselves the extra match and the extra match is what they could have done without. And so we can't have a go at Darren Moore for making 10 changes. And, uh, you know, the only plus point was Sean Fajir getting his debut, full debut um, at right wing back and doing pretty well by all accounts. But yeah, no other than that, yeah, right. the fact is that Wednesday knew that <laughs> it was likely to be Burnley away in the fifth round. I, I think we may have seen a stronger Sheffield Wednesday side had they got a big tie in the fifth round, home or away. If it'd been Tottenham or if it'd been um, Chelsea or yeah, you know, I know they're out of the cup, but you know, I mean, Manchester City would have been one of the big boys. That's what they would have needed. You know, I, I think. And but with, with the week that Wednesday had there of that was sandwiched in between Plymouth and Ipswich, the two biggest matches so far this season, yeah, for, for Wednesday. I, I think it was totally understandable Darren Moore's approach for the replay.
0: Let's move on to Ipswich then, because um there's a lot to pick apart here because this this was a, a this was a, a proper football match in the way that, you know, kind of swings one way, swings the other way, packed full of like little bits of incident and, and, and stuff happening. Um so didn't didn't really start according to plan. Obviously Ipswich getting the the penalty. Initially of course you couldn't really see from the replay. There's subsequently been quite a lot of, of footage of it that people in the crowd had had recorded and, and stuff like that. This again seems to cause a little bit of controversy. For me, having looked at it, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's a penalty. For me, it's a, it's a penalty all day long. I don't think there's any malice there. I don't think there's any intent there. I don't think there's any need for any further action. But it's just like, yeah, it's a penalty. That's that's my thoughts. Cameron Dawson, again, coming up with the goods. I mean, how? I, I just don't get it. How is it possible? Even, even when he was about to take the penalty, I'm like, I think he's going to save this. Uh, it's just remarkable the record that this guy has at saving um, saving penalties. I don't but want to take anything away from
1: Cameron Dawson, but it was a terrible penalty. We have it to wasn't. say that. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you're right. There. So those antiques happen the all list. the time in the in the penalty area, don't they? You know what we saw for the penalty being given in the first place. I bet that happens about. Three to five times every match from a set piece.
0: And and the reality is a penalty should be given every time if that's the... Yeah, uh, the, that's
1: the only way that you're going to stand it's, down on it.
0: It's a foul, you know. I, I don't think there's any getting away from, from that. Um, and I don't think there's any complaints about the penalty being given. I think it'd be really harsh if it... I'm not even sure it's a booking. It's just It's just, yeah, it's a foul, fair enough and 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 move on from it but you know again you know that seemed to dominate all the talk on social media afterwards let's just talk about what then unfolded into a really really good 20 25 30 minutes for for, for Sheffield Wednesday um the the second part of that first half two goals could have been possibly should have been more potentially you know could have been out of sight in that game by um half time some some really clinical football. Great finish from Michael Smith for the first goal.
1: Yeah, do you know Great what, header. though? I, I really want to put more of the focus on for the first goal to the cross. I think it's the cross of the season so far. Yeah, from Josh Windass on his weaker foot, it was, it was brilliant. And yeah, Smith still had a lot of work to do with the header, but yeah. I, I mean, Windass's numbers this season are... are What I expected them to be where he's now got in goals and assists, that's 20 for the season. And Michael Smith is also well into double figures now for goals and assists. Uh, And that's your front two. And that's what you want from them. And and that was the sort of output that was going to be needed for Wednesday to be finishing in the top two. And it's imperative that those two stay fit between now and the end of the season. When you look at the other attacking options that Sheffield Wednesday have got right now with Patterson potentially out for another six weeks to two months. So basically forget about him for the rest of the season. You've got Lee Gregory, who's had a very stop-start season. You know, when you look at it from Gregory of last year, 17 goals to Gregory of 2023, he's got four. He's been in and out of the team. And he hasn't scored since October. So don't put your house on Lee Gregory's going to fire Wednesday's promotion or suddenly discover form. And Malik Wilkes is Malik Wilkes. We've just seen flashes, the odd flash for Malik Wilkes all season. I'm not convinced it's going to happen this season. I'm not convinced it's going to happen next season with Malik Wilkes. That's where I stand right now with Malik Wilkes. So this is then coming down back down to the old discussion of If Sheffield Wednesday don't get promoted James there will be a lot of fans listening to this and out there thinking we really should have brought another forward in in January to cover ourselves knowing that we've got some strikers on our books that do pick up injuries in Windass and Gregory and it's an ageing strike force that's what it is and so I do understand the argument but I also just think it's terribly bad luck uh, misfortune for Sheffield Wednesday I know I've gone on a bit of a rant and we, I'm not talked about no, it's it, I, but I, it's I, more
0: I, just raising uh, an issue the bigger picture issue I, I thought this didn't matter because you've already proclaimed Sheffield Wednesday as, as League One champions for the season, uh, if if Sheffield Wednesday don't get promoted this season we all know who to blame now don't we I'm sat that looking was. at him I'm sat looking at him that, that Ipswich game then to kind of bring us back on, on topic Obviously, great first half, two 0 up, and then if the Michael game Smith, kind of. Michael Smith has the
1: chance to make it three nil, and if yeah. that goes in, and he he should score. And yeah. I do feel as if I said this on other podcasts that My- Michael Smith should have had uh, got at least another half a dozen goals. Yeah, probably this season. He's finishing. Um, it's still for, to me. It's a... It's it's an area of improvement in his game where he, he does need to sharpen up, no doubt about it. Especially if Wednesday go into the Championship, uh, yeah, M- yeah. Michael Gregory, Michael Gregory? Michael Smith will not get the chances that he's had in League One. He won't get as many, so he's going to have to be ruthless. But that goes for across the board for Wednesday in the forward line. But that was a turning point. There's 2-0. a conversation
0: yeah. to be had at some point, there, about which, which of these players players would likely do it in the championship and and i feel this is not the time to have that conversation because uh we're not there yet so You're getting
1: ahead of yourself again james
0: i do think it's an interesting conversation though isn't it about um this i i thought at the start of the season that what darren moore's done is has is assemble a, a squad for for a, you know, a, a one shot go at getting out of league one that's how it felt to me uh, and it's like if we do get out of league one I don't think there's many of these players that would probably have much longevity in the championship but then I thought the same last time we got promoted from League 1 to the championship and 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 so it proved but anyway that's a different conversation um Ipswich getting that goal back before half time kind of changed things didn't it? And, it and it felt at the time like that sort of changes things and probably as expected they came out of the traps in the second half at 100 miles an hour um getting the equalizer and then you know there were times where we were really under the cosh
1: but this wednesday side don't fold and that's it in the second half for long spells they yep. were on the back foot having to defend a lot it was just two goals have come from two free kicks the first is an absolutely worldy and then the second is bang unlucky if you can endorse and Dawson, yep. as george byers has has gone off the top of his head and he's gone past him um but <clears throat> you know i think lesser teams would have crumbled and Wednesday didn't buckle and they've still come away with a point and in a a seesaw, crazy League One match, great advert for the league but yeah, you know, you sort of, you come away from there thinking, is it a point gained or have they dropped two? They could have, if they'd gone behind they score the penalty, it's a different game but then that's what we are saying before with the Smith chance 2-0 that goes in it's 3-0 it's all over and Wednesday have two more points in the bag and they'd still be top of League 1 right now I'm still in the camp of away from home they've gone to Ipswich one of their big rivals uh, and Ipswich have not gained any ground on them and so four points from the two matches I was very happy with
0: that return I mean if you're an Ipswich fan you've you've got to walk away going well that's it, isn't it? You know, that, that was our chance to make up some, some ground. It doesn't look like Plymouth are gonna falter. Um so, you know, that that was that was the opportunity for Ipswich and the, the you know go away thinking great, we came from, from 2-0 down. Doesn't really matter though, points no no good in a game like um like that. So I think I think we've got to be happy with it. To, to to take four points from those two games, we both said, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago, that'd be a good return. We'd be really happy with um with 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 that. Um and that's exactly what's happened. And of course, you know, such is the the craziness of League One. Hot on the heels of that was then Morecambe. And you're kind of like, all right, look, you know, none of that matters. Taking four points from those two games, none of that matters if we don't then go and do the business against Morecambe on a Tuesday night. And and I was a little bit worried about that game because it's kind of like this is just, it's just appeared out of nowhere. Like we kind of forgot that that Morecambe game was coming up because everything was about... Plymouth and Ipswich and then suddenly you know hot off the heels of, of that and in the end one of the most functional wins that I think any of us will ever see It wasn't
1: a contest from the moment that Bannon scored in the first minute and, and their game plan completely went out of the window I've no doubt that Morecambe would have come to spoil and to set up to stifle Wednesday they'd have the bus uh, that's what I think Derek Adams would have been looking at as the game plan but yeah you know grey goal from Bannon lovely finish and then the other two goals were also lovely team goals and And this is it you know what I think it's getting lost a bit I know that Wednesday um, should have scored more goals than they have done but they actually have played some really good football at times this season you know we have seen many different sides to uh, of the character to this Sheffield Wednesday team and we have to remember too that they've, they've caught a number of injuries. And so Darren Moore's had to repeatedly chop and change the team. And it doesn't matter whether it's Dennis Adenarin coming in at right wing back and Famewo's coming in the last couple of matches. But they're just a well oiled machine, a clean sheet winning machine. That's what it is. That's the pod name. And that's it by keeping it. I think
0: that, as you said it
1: and by keeping the clean sheet they've that's it they've now you know smashed the club record i say smashed they've gone past it now but they're going to smash the club record yeah. you know the fact is that there's 16 more yeah. matches they're going to keep i'd say at least another half a dozen clean sheets minimum between now and the end of the season best defence in the league and this is it you know, the confidence that you've got um if you're a fan or journalist or whoever goes to Sheffield Wednesday match, when Wednesday go one the up, you just think that's it. It's pretty much game over. You know, Ipswich is a, sort of a rare blip, really, of where they've surrendered the lead. You know, it just hasn't happened very often at all this season. And, and you know, I think that's where the trust that, you know, that we've got now for the team and Darren Moore's got a lot of credit in the bank, you know, with the decisions that he's made this season and it's it's just staggering the numbers that they are compiling was it now four months without defeat only three defeats all season 18 clean sheets the best defense uh, 65 points on the board and so that's why i stand by everything that i said on social media that got a bit of traction in the week it's i'm i've got to tell you i've got a very good feeling about the last few months of the season, James. I'm very confident.
0: You know, on on Tuesday night, was, was there a tipple involved
1: at, at some point? Well it was Valentine's Day, James, so uh, you know, it would have been rude not to have had a tipple. But um no, cold light there. I um I stand by every word that I put on Twitter and um you know, a lot of Wednesday were fans are saying, Do we, dom, stop it, stop it, we don't like if you can't get giddy now, if you can't have a bit of positivity as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, with the team second in the table, a game in hand to go top, when are you going to get
0: excited? When are you? I... I, th- I think it's because we... We've been here before. They've been here. We've been, before. i been yeah, here have been here before. We've seen things go. go and I think it feels like if we were maybe just six or seven weeks further into the season, um, then... You maybe just kind of think, all right, maybe we can kind of, you know, make those sort of proclamations. At this point, there's still too much opportunity for things to go wrong. Having said this, you know, we've just come out of that period where, you know, in the last two weeks, four games, we now go into a month which is much quieter. Um, and it is literally only a month because as soon as we hit St. Patrick's Day, then we're back into a crazy, frantic period of, of, of games. But. Two games between um, now and and um, a fortnight's time. So we've got MK Dons coming up on Saturday uh, at Hillsborough. They've had a funny old season, haven't they? After after being so good last season, uh, it's never it's just not happened for them this season. Certainly not out of trouble either at the at the bottom end of the table. Um, and then Charlton away, who again have had a difficult, uh, uh, not not the easiest of of, of seasons. Um, but you would always class the Valley as somewhere that's a little bit of a tricky place to to, to go, not the easiest place to go and get um, points from. Um, so two potentially quite different games. You, you would expect Wednesday to be beating MK Dons at, uh, at home. Charlton will be a different kind of um, game. But I'm just glad that there's no midweek game sandwiched in the middle and that actually there's a chance, you know, perhaps some of those players where fitness is a bit of a problem at the moment, some of those players who've got niggles, um, that, that we've you know, got chance to maybe get people back to full strength.
1: I think that's hugely important. And it's a great point, that James. I, I really do. That with the fixture schedule, I've got no doubt that it's taken its toll on the squad. And you only have to look at the bench and how weak yeah. the bench has looked. Especially from an attacking point of view in the last couple of matches, that, yeah, you're right. And so, if this then gives Wednesday the opportunity to maybe get some players back off the treatment table, we've seen Reese James return. That's a big boost. But, yeah, hopefully, Malik Wilkes's calf injury, that's not too bad. There's a possibility that I think Jack Hunt, Lee Gregory, they could be involved against MK Dons. And Wednesday will go in, 10th gate, Dons, just look at the table. They're going to go in as red-hot favourites. You've got second versus fifth from bottom. And as you mentioned, your yeah, NK Dons haven't come so close to promotion last year. You know, it's just all gone horribly wrong for them. They've changed the manager. They've got spanked 5-0 in midweek at Bolton, who were flying, by the way. And a third, not that far off Wednesday, but they have played a few extra games. Over Wednesday, and um, yeah, no, like, and Wednesday, you know, one stat I haven't mentioned: is home form. Look at it; they've lost once all season at home, and uh, down more in the two years they've been in League One, they've lost three times at Hillsborough. Right, that takes some doing. You know, those are stats to be proud of, and he has turned. Hillsborough into a fortress and the fear factor I do think has come back and I, and I think we saw it at Malkin the other night of where they're intimidated coming to Wednesday they know what Wednesday's records like at Hillsborough I definitely think that plays a part and I think Wednesday gave extra points just for Matt this season the longer this season's gone on that they're just so strong at home and when the, the great front runners are Wednesday when they get to the noses in front with the clean sheet record they've got and the perfect balance they've got in defence and attack right now. But yeah, you know, Wednesday, I have got complete faith they will get the job done against MK Dons. Charlton will be a lot trickier and they have been so inconsistent up and down. I think they've won 10, drawn 10, lost 10. They are classic mid-table team. But but Wednesday's record has also not being the best at the Valley in recent visits. Uh, so I, th- I think it'd be tricky with Charlton and they're under relatively new management. So I, I, I don't see that as a foregone conclusion. I think that Wednesday are going to have to bring their A game, I think, to, to get the, the three points there. And, and actually, when you look at it, is Charlton away followed by Peterborough at home, Portsmouth away, Bolton away, and Barnsley away. So this is not yeah, this is the toughest period I think left now in Wednesday season. And so if they can get three or four wins,
0: yeah, they're going all oh, simple.
1: Yeah,
0: yep. can't can't disagree with you on 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 that. Um, very uh, quickly, and maybe this is probably not a good question to ask what I'm I'm saying very quickly but um at the moment obviously things 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 are good as as you said on Tuesday you know actually we should all be a little bit more positive about um what's going on at the moment but it's kind of the Wednesday way to perhaps be a bit reserved about it um but we've we've said a few times that you know that there is still that chance perhaps even likelihood of hitting a little bit of a wobbly patch between now and the end of the of the season um I, when that happens, I'm kind of waiting for those people who who will take the first opportunity to still turn on Darren Moore, um, and I'm here thinking, surely now, surely now, he's done enough to silence those critics. I'm not sure. I still think that there will be people that are gunning for Darren Moore as soon as once uh, uh, he do hit a little bit of a of a wobbly, up. and that might even be um, you know let's imagine the rest of the season does go according to plan. That even might even be in the championship next season. Um, but there will be people that that will probably be never satisfied with him. What, what do you? I, I I found it interesting that he's appeared in the betting for pretty much every job in a higher league that's appeared over the last few weeks. He's um, Alright, he's 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 very long odds, but you know, he's on the list for the Southampton job. Um and um, you know, was was for some of the other jobs that have come up as well. What what's your thoughts on, on this? Has has Darren Moore silenced those critics now? He only
1: silences critics
0: after he's taken
1: Wednesday up. I, I, I think that there will always be some detractors for Darren Moore and I don't really understand it when you look at the win ratio and what he's done and this is it, we're coming up to two-year anniversary and uh, yeah, when he took over, broken club, mess, on and off the pitch, heading for relegation, I still stand by, I think he would have kept the team up had he not had you know, COVID, battling, fighting for his life, if that hadn't happened and he'd be on the touchline. Um, but this is it. He's assembled, and I think you're absolutely spot on with what you said. He's assembled a team over the last two transfer windows that is built up for getting promotion out of League One. Not They're not worrying about are they good enough then to go up and compete in the Championship is the focus is on here. Now, Darren Moore knew going into the season that his promotional bust, he's not daft. Like That's always been the number one priority for Sheffield Wednesday this season, and they're in such a strong position. Um, but I, like you, I fear that th- there's always going to be that element of Wednesday fans that no matter what Darren Moore does, and he could take Wednesday up as champions... Uh, that as soon as things start to turn or go wrong in the Championship next year, that they'll be out in force again and saying Darren Moore's got to go. But what we're seeing now is that Darren Moore, the job that he's done, and being such a likeable bloke, but also you have to say his decision-making's been a heck of a lot better this season than it was in his first full season at the club, that he's going to get touted for more jobs. He's going to get more jobs. We're going to see that more and more. Uh, I think in the future, but um, no, I, I, I don't really understand it. Um, I, I think that right now the, the the whole focus of the fan base should be get behind the team, support the team. You no, know, I looked at the crowd for Morecambe. I get it. Tuesday night it's not a sexy match. Sheffield Wednesday is second in the table, and there were only just over twenty thousand there. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know why. There's this still I feel as if. The mood around the place, Plymouth from Newcastle feel really as if you know they're, they're not going to happen every single week. Where you get the atmosphere and that raucous occasion, at Hillsby. I still look at it, but I know that there are a lot of unglamorous matches in League One, and I and I certainly classed Morecambe as one of them. And it was on a Tuesday night, but yeah, you know it'd be nice to see more bums on seats at Hillsborough between now and the end of the season. When you look at what Wednesday are playing for, and the, the the strong position that they're in, and they've got such a good shot of winning a league, and it's been a long time, James, since Sheffield Wednesday have won a title, and they could do that this season, and they could smash so many records, clean sheets, points. They could get still get a hundred odd points. Um, you know, like they are in great shape and. Yeah, you know, that would be what I'd be saying to the uh, the doom and gloom merchants that may still be out there. But I'm not one of them, and I know you're not.
0: Well said. Well said. I can't argue with any of that. I think uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of those um top quality Tom and rallying call rants that um that we uh, that we live and breathe for. So uh thank you for that. And on that note, actually, I think that is the perfect way to end the uh the podcast today so um thank you for joining us thank you to our partners at title law solicitors specialists in wills trusts and probate head to titlelaw.co.uk to find out more on twitter dom is at dom house and i'm at james Marriott. the show is at dom and james uh, you can find all our links on our website and check out the show notes for this episode as well thank you for listening up the owls and we'll see you next time